All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Darren Freeman. And today is another free agent Friday where I will be breaking down over a dozen of the top free agent targets at the safety position for the Atlanta Falcons. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. I've been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalkFans.com. RIP, still going strong on Twitter, at FalkFans. And, of course, the host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is our second Free Agent Friday, where as we get closer to the free agent period kicking off in mid-March, I will be each Friday breaking down a different position group of some of the top players that I think the Falcons should or could be interested in at a certain position group. If you didn't listen to last Friday's free agent Friday that we kicked things off with, we talked about the edge rushers and I talked about how I was all in on Carl Lawson. And today we're going to be talking uh, quite a bit about the safety position. We'll be talking about some of the guys at the top of the market that are potentially going to be franchise tagged that may or may make them not available to the Falcons. We'll talk about some guys that should be expected to hit the open market and where those guys potentially fit into this Dean P's defense. We'll talk about some sort of low key bargain bin type of signings that the Falcons can also sign at the safety position. So before we get into the conversation about these individual free agents, though, I do want to talk a little bit about what I'm expecting the Falcons to target at the safety position. You know, I've been vocal for the last several months that I do not expect Keanu Neal to be back with the team, but I have felt for a similar period of time that the Falcons will invest significant resources in upgrading their safety position. They've already cut Ricardo Allen. Keanu Neal's a free agent. Demonte Casey's a free agent. Sherrod Neesman's a free agent. Right now, the only safeties under contract are Jalen Hawkins and TJ Green. And so I, I do think it's poised for the Falcons to make significant efforts to upgrade the safety position this offseason. And I don't think this is going to be a position like several other positions that we've been talking about as of late. That's going to be a position that the Falcons are probably going to bargain bin shop for. You know, I, I think they could sign some bargain bin type of players, but I do think my expectation, at least in the early days of free agency, once we get to that legal tampering period of Mar- March 15th and on the opening day of free agency on March 17th, I do expect the Falcons somewhere in that period of time to make a relatively big splash at the safety position in free agency. I've mentioned in, in, in the past that Dean Pease's defenses, whether they were in Tennessee or Baltimore, often had an all pro at the free safety position and guys like Eric Reed and Eric Weddle and Kevin Bayard. But that strong safety position was not one that they tend to had big name players. Kenny Vaccaro in Tennessee was probably the most prominent guy that they had, but you got to remember that he was an injury replacement for Jonathan Cyprian. Um, the Ravens had Tony Jefferson in 2017 Dean pieces last year there, but the previous years there were strong safeties like Will Hill and Darian Stewart and James Ahedabo. 
which is why I kind of expect the Falcons, if they're going to make that splash, it's going to be a relatively big name free safety uh, and then probably go cheaper at the strong safety position and probably then draft somebody to come in and be a third safety that presumably at least a, a year or so down the road could take over for that cheaper veteran at the strong safety position. So, you know, I've heard, I'm sure you've heard the rumors recently that, you know, the Falcons are contemplating tagging Keanu Neal. I wouldn't put any stock into those rumors. Um, I think the source of that stems from an ESPN blogger who normally covers the Jaguars, basically saying that the Falcons could or should tag Neal. And I just don't think with that $11 million price tag, you know, that would require that, that the Falcons are really that in, interested in doing that. It's not to say that they can't do that with the salary cap. They'll just have to be extremely proactive with restructuring contracts and basically restructure like all six of their top contracts and then tag Neil. And I just don't think the Falcons are necessarily going to be that interested in doing that. Um, and, and just for Keanu Neal, especially given some of the concerns I've talked about and expressed in the past, where you wonder if Keanu Neal is really the ideal fit in this DMP scheme at that strong safety position. But speaking of friends, Franchise tags, the three biggest names potentially on the market could all be tagged. Those are Justin Simmons from the Broncos, Marcus May from the Jets, and John Johnson from the L.A. Rams. You know, I think Johnson is probably the least likely to get tagged on that group just because the Rams also have a tight salary cap situation, and they would have to go restructure crazy in order to free up the necessary space to tag John Johnson. So he may be in a similar boat as I talked about recently with Keanu Neal, where it's just not financially feasible for the Rams to tag him. I think Simmons is probably the best of this group. He's arguably the best safety in NFL. He was pro football Focus's highest graded safety in 2019. He finished ninth on their safety rankings this past year. We'll talk about three guys at the safety position that were graded higher than him this past year on today's episode that are hitting free agency. And I think all three of these guys in, in Simmons, May and Johnson would be pretty much perfect fits for what the Falcons are looking at at that free safety position. Johnson technically plays strong safety for the Rams, but he played free safety in Boston at Boston college after Justin Simmons graduated there and looking at their price tags, looking at the pro football focus projections for what their contracts could look like. Simmons is projected to get 16 and a half million dollars a year, may at $15 million a year and Johnson at $13.75 million a year. I like may probably the best of this group, just because I think he does fit really well in what I think Dean P's wants at that position. He was pro football focus is number five safety this past year. He played a lot of single high earlier in his career, but this past year he kind of picked up the slack lot lost by Jamal Adams and played a lot more time playing closer to the line of scrimmage, playing in the box, being utilized as a pass rusher and giving that sort of versatility that Dean P's is looking for from guys that can play at all, all levels, be blitz cover run defenders and whatnot. And that's what Kevin Byard was in Tennessee. I think Marcus may fits that profile. Similarly, you have the connection, between May and Frank Bush, who's the Falcons' new linebacker coach, who served as the temporary defensive coordinator at the end of the season for the Jets last year after Greg Williams got fired after his infamous cover zero blitz to lose the game against the Raiders in week 13, I think it was. And May was very critical of Williams after that call post game. And I know... I read an article where when Bush was named the sort of interim uh, DC, you know, may mentioned that his relationship with Bush was great and praised Bush for sort of simplifying things um, thereafter for the remainder of the season to get that defense playing much better than they had uh, for the 
previous three months. So coaching connection aside, I think that's why May is at or near the top of my list. Uh, but you could make a, a strong case that Johnson's a, a better player. Um, and it, given that he's the likeliest of this trio to hit the market, and then you get that sort of connection between him and Eric Weddle, you know, maybe Eric Weddle could be a little bit of a matchmaker because I know Dean Pease holds Eric Weddle in high regard from their days in Baltimore. And, you know, Weddle played alongside Johnson in LA. So maybe both you know, Weddle could be that matchmaker recommending for both sides to sort of come together this offseason. We'll see how that goes. Um, you know, Johnson, you might remember as the guy that picked off Drew Brees in overtime two years ago in that infamous uh, playoff game against the Rams. Obviously, the Rams play a ton of split safety looks this past year. And, you know, Johnson is very comfortable in that defense, very comfortable playing in a, in a defense that utilizes disguise and versatility in, in what Brandon Staley did this past year, what Wade Phillips did in previous years. And he's also one of those guys that was higher rated than Simmons this past year. He was a third rated safety by pro football focus in 2020. And we'll talk about the one other player that I mentioned that was rated above Simmons coming up on today's podcast and beyond may and Johnson and Simmons. Let's talk about some guys that are much more likely to hit the market. And we could see on the Falcons radar for that very reason. And we'll get into those guys coming up on today's podcast, but before we get there, guys, I'm going to let you know that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, NASCAR, and FCS college football are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, I got you covered on everything you need to know about the Falcons, but what about the rest of sports? Host Peter Bukowski has you covered now with the Locked On Today podcast. It's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So we're going to talk about Anthony Harris and Marcus Williams as the sort of the next two guys after the three that I already talked about as the tops at the market. And I think both of these guys are very likely to hit uh, the market. The Saints don't have the money to to pay Williams and the Vikings basically shopped Harris at the deadline because they knew they weren't going to give him a long-term extension after franchise tagging him last year. So they're almost certainly not going to pay him this offseason. So, um, you know, I think with Harris starting with Harris, you could argue that his usage in Minnesota these last couple of years is probably the most similar, at least looking at where guys align up uh, that Dean Pease used guys like Bayard in the past. Um, I think, you know, the Vikings were a team that heavily utilized cover two these past couple of years uh, since Harris ascended into the starting lineup beginning in 2019. Prior to that point, he was considered one of the best backup safeties in the league, stepped in for um, an injured Andrew Sandejo in 2018 and, and really balled that year playing alongside Harrison Smith. You know, Harris is comfortable playing that too high look, playing center field, playing in the box, very versatile player. He was the number two graded safety behind Simmons in 2019. And that earned him the franchise tag and then had a quote unquote down 2020 where he finished ranked 38th. Um, but I've seen others 
write about Harris um, and saying that his play really didn't diminish this past year, despite that dip in the grade. And a lot of that was more due to the lesser play from the Vikings corners and the Vikings pass rush, putting him into tougher spots this year on defense. And by the way, pro football focus is projecting him to uh, get a contract at 14 million a year. So slightly more than what John Johnson is set to make in Marcus Williams. He's one of, he's the other guy that was graded above Simmons this past year. He was the seventh rated safety corner pro football focus. Um, obviously Williams has that Fontenot connection from new Orleans. The, he was drafted as part of that 2017 draft class that really helped turn that team around and sort of spearhead these last couple of years where the saints have been a legit super bowl contender. You know, I think of the guys I've talked about so far, Williams is probably not the most ideal fit in the DMP's defense. Um, but I think his skill set has grown particularly in recent years early in his NFL career in new Orleans. He's spent a lot of time playing more of a single high safety role. Um, but I think the past two years, the saints have adopted a lot more sort of two deep looks. They led the NFL this past year specifically in terms of playing two man this year. And that's man coverage with two deep safeties. You know, Williams doesn't spend a ton of time in the box, uh, which is something traditionally, you know, Dean Pease likes it from his free safety, having that guy that can come down in the box and, and play the run and, and occasionally rush the quarterback. Um, so that's not necessarily Williams's strong suit. Um, he's, he's more, uh, he's not really a thumper in that regard. So I think that's where sort of the interchangeability that you want at the safety position. He may not have it to the same degree that some of these other guys have it. Um, but one thing that you, you do know about DMPs is that he will tailor his scheme around the personnel that he has. He's not going to necessarily be rigid about it. So if that means William spends a little bit more time playing single high than what guys like Kevin Bayard and, and Eric Weddle did, then they will do that. After all, you know, he did have Ed Reed, uh, for a couple of years there in, in Baltimore. Um, you know, and, and it wasn't as if Ed Reed wasn't spending a, a ton of time playing that single high, particularly in that 2012 season when Bernard Pollard was their sort of standard box safety, uh, alongside Ed Reed. So, um, you know, I'll be curious. My main question with Williams is not necessarily whether the Falcons would sign him or whether he'd be a good player. I think he's a solid player. Um, my big question mark is how the fans will react to it because Williams is kind of infamous for being the guy that whiffed on that tackle against Stefan Diggs in the playoffs three years ago in the Minnesota miracle. And I think he's certainly improved since then. I don't think that's certainly anything that should define his NFL career, but obviously it's something that Falcon fans have ridiculed him in the saints for, for many, many years since then. And I wonder sort of what, at least the react the fan reaction would be. Um, but, you know, his tackling has improved. You know, he was, he only missed two tackles in 2020, according to pro football focus and pro football focus had him as like the third most efficient tackling safety in the league this past year. But again, a lot of those tackles come from sort of that single high look than necessarily in the box. And I wonder if, the Falcons were asking him to play a little bit more in the box. Would he be as effective uh, and, and, and would he be as efficient a tackler in that role? So um, that's my thoughts on, on sort of, I think those two guys in Harrison Williams are because they're most likely to uh, hit the market. They're the two most likely guys that I would sit here and would probably put a little bit more money on betting if they would wind up in Atlanta as the quote unquote, big name free safety at the Falcons sign. But there's, 
eight more free agents that I, I do want to talk about on today's free agent Friday episode, looking at the safety position. But before we get into those other free agents, I told you guys before about how I had to get some routine maintenance done on my car earlier this month. I needed to get my brakes fixed. I needed to get a taillight bulb uh, replaced. And I wound up paying a lot more than I wanted to. And of course, once I saw the receipt, I had to sort of double check and say, what could I have gotten this cheaper if I had just gone to rockauto.com? And since it's the rockauto.com website and catalog is easy to navigate, I was able to quickly look up the price of the parts I needed for my make and model. And of course, I discovered the parts at rockauto.com were way cheaper than what I pay for. And whether you're looking for engine parts or motor oil floor mats or brake parts or tail lamps like I was, you can get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And I always say the prices at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. I'm no professional, but I certainly need to start becoming more of a do-it-yourselfer if I want to save some serious cash the next time I need parts. So don't be like me. Go to rockauto.com right now before you overpay and see all the parts available for your car, truck, right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So if you want to make some money this weekend, you should do so by listening to the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get picks, blowout specials, and Lee's lock of the day by subscribing to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. So we got eight more free agents that I want to talk about. And we're going to be a little bit more rapid fire on these guys before getting into my sort of final prediction on who I think the Falcons will ultimately end up on, you know, taking a flyer out on a prediction. And, you know, the first name that comes up of these remaining eight guys is Malik Hooker from the Colts. He has that coaching connection with Ted Monashino, the Falcons outside linebackers coach. And Hooker has plenty of experience playing the cover two scheme under Matt Eberflus in Indianapolis. Um, he's, but he's kind of ideally suited to be more of that single high safety in the cover three scheme. That's kind of what everybody envisioned him to be. He's been effective as, in the cover two scheme, but he hasn't necessarily unlocked his full potential as a guy that was very highly touted, a guy that many people when he was coming out in 2017 were comparing to Earl Thomas. He hasn't quite lived up to that billing. Notably, I've heard that Earl Thomas comparison to a lot of safeties over the last you know five, six years. And Justin Simmons is really the only guy that I think think has lived up to that expectation. The major issue with Hooker is the uh, injuries. He's missed a combined 28 games over his four seasons in the NFL, including 14 last year with a torn Achilles. He's had some of the same injuries that Keanu Neal has had with the Achilles tear last year and ACL tear during his rookie season in 2017. He was also nicked up in 2018, missed two games with a hip injury, missed two games in 2019 with a knee injury. So that injury history, I think, is detrimental to him, but it also potentially gives a, a team an opportunity because he's going to probably be a bargain. Uh, Pro Football Focus is projecting him to get a contract at $2 million a year, so considerably cheaper than some of the guys that we've talked about so far who are looking at you know, $12, 13000000 million or more. Um, I'd be a little apprehensive about signing a guy like Hooker with his level of injury history, uh, playing the safety position, which is a position that is due to a little bit more wear and tear than most other defensive players, and asking that guy to essentially be the quarterback of the defense. If I can't trust that guy to play 16 games, you know, I just think there, with other more proven options, it seems a little bit to be an, an unnecessary risk. But as far as like potential bang for your buck in terms of risk reward, you know, I wouldn't say it's a low risk situation financially. 
financially it's a low risk, but if he, he's only going to play like six games for you, that's that's going to be a significant risk for your defense because then all of a sudden whoever you add as your backup free safety, and right now, you know, who's that? TJ Green, Sherrod Neesman, you know, is going to wind up playing a lot of games. So that to me is not a low risk situation, but I, I get the sentiment why people say he's a low risk, high reward type of player, but I wouldn't necessarily agree with the whole notion of him being a low risk. If he, if he can't stay healthy, uh, moving on to another guy that has a coaching connection with Monticino is Tashawn Gibson with the bears. You know, he spent the prime of his year playing more of that single high safety role uh, in the uh, Gus Bradley Jaguars defenses. But this past year in Chicago, he was kind of moved to be more of that box safety playing alongside Eddie Jackson and had a little bit of a resurgence in his career. Uh, I think he gives you that sort of interchangeability, smart veteran safety that's competent in coverage and is probably better against the run than probably people would assume given his background as more of a free safety. Um, he's a little bit older. He'll be 31 at the start of the season, but he's got durability. He's only missed two games over the past five years. He gives you some veteran leadership there and he'll probably be cheap. Uh, pro football focus is projecting him at uh, two, $2.75 million a year. And, you know, signing him means that he won't pick off Matt Ryan anymore because he did pick off Matt Ryan each of the last two times we have played his team. He picked him off this past year when we played the Bears. And when he was with the Texans uh, in 2019, he also picked off Matt Ryan in that game as well. So, um, you know, and I remember him playing really well in that Cleveland game way back in 2014 as well when he was uh, an undrafted r- rookie, I think, back then with the Browns. So, you know, uh, let's sign Tayshawn Gibson just so he won't have a, a big game against Matt Ryan again. Uh, that's all the reason you need. Uh, the next player is Xavier Woods, and I think he's kind of similar to Gibson in the sense that he was mostly a deep safety, playing more of a single high role uh, with Dallas in, in previous years. Dallas off, often would mix up their coverages, playing plenty of cover two alongside cover three and whatnot. But this past year, Gip, Woods, I'm sorry, was asked to be a little bit more of a strong safety play closer to the line of scrimmage. He was pretty solid in that role. I think the knock on Woods is really that there's nothing really special about him. He wouldn't be a bad signing, but I don't feel like you're signing him and thinking you're getting a massive upgrade at the safety position. You know, I think he'll be a solid starter, but I think the chances are pretty high that the team that signs him is probably going to be looking within two or three years, looking to try to upgrade or replace him with a better option. He's a solid player. He's a solid starter, but he's not going to necessarily, you know, wow you or anything. PFF is, is projecting his contract to be $6.25 million a year. Deron Harmon's another guy uh, that has a, a little bit of a coaching connection with the Falcons' new special teams coach and Marquise Williams from their de- shared days in Detroit. And Harmon figured a prominent role on their special teams. I want to say it was in I can't remember if it was 2018 or 2019, but he was their personal protector on their punt coverage teams when when Williams was an assistant special teams coach there. So uh, has that sort of connection there. Um, Harmon has spent most of his career playing more of a deep safety role, whether that was in Detroit, whether that was in New England. But his experience playing in New England means that, you know, he should be a, a pretty solid fit. No problem transitioning to a P system, you know, because P's roots are in that Belichick scheme. Harmon's a veteran player, you know, 30 million, 30 years old and projected by PFF to make about 6 million a year. So we'll see how that goes for him. Trey Boston's another name just got cut by the Panthers. Boston's again, more of that single high free safety. You know, he's been an underrated player that has not necessarily, you know, 
gotten the love on the free agent market that his play probably deserves for him to get. Um, but I think some of that is owed to the inconsistency. The missed tackles have been a big problem for him uh, in recent years. The Panthers this past year tried to make him into more of a box safety and he struggled in that role. So I think in terms of interchangeability, he's not going to be great. He's better suited to be more of that single high free safety. And if you don't mind him whiffing on some tackles and, and taking some bad angles against the run, like he's good in that role. Um, but you know, he, he, I don't know if he's going to be the ideal fit for the Falcons. Uh, PFF has him projected as a contract at 2.25 million a year. Uh, another player we'll talk about is Earl Thomas. I only bring him up because Tori McElhaney brought him up on a recent column. She wrote about some free agent targets for the Falcons over at the athletic PFF has him projected at 3.5 million a year. And I think Thomas at this point in time in his career is a pretty big gamble. He's going to be 32 the off-field issues have been well-documented. The Athletic wrote a really big piece on him back in early Jan- January about what led to his quote-unquote downfall, both in Seattle and Baltimore, his tendency, at least on the football field, to freelance. And that wasn't a problem in Seattle until it was. And then that was a major issue, which led to his demise in Baltimore. So I don't necessarily see the Falcons going after Earl Thomas, but he's worth mentioning as, as a remote possibility out there. Bradley McDougal. He was the guy that was primarily tasked to replace Cam Chancellor in Seattle and then Jamal Adams in New York. He's not anywhere near uh, the caliber of players, but he's a solid safety, you know, again, more of that strong safety box safety type of player. So he's not going to necessarily check the interchangeability box that you're probably ideally wanting in this Dean P's defense. But I think as part of a rotation, um, especially at his price tag, pro football focus has him projected at one and a half million dollars per year on his next contract. So, you know, that's a pretty good bargain for a guy that does have a role can uh, be a solid starter for you. Just, just may not be the ideal starter for you. Another name. The last name I'll throw out there is Carl Joseph never quite lived up to his billing as a first round pick in that same draft class as Keanu Neal back in 2016. He was a guy that I was particularly high on much higher on Carl Joseph, uh, than I was on Keanu Neal going into that draft, saw him as a player that could play single high, could play in the box, could play in the slot, all these various things hasn't lived up to that billing. He's probably again, a better suited option as a strong safety than a free safety at this point in time in his career and could play a similar role uh, to what you're sort of expecting from a guy like Tayshawn Gibson and at least be a little bit younger. So at least in theory, there's a little bit more upside with what Carl Joseph can do, but he's not even listed on uh, pro football Focus's top 200 free agents. So one would imagine his, they don't even have a projection for him. So I'm guessing somewhere in the one to $2 million range is probably based off of some of these other projections that we're talking about, maybe two and a half just because of his youth or whatever the case may be. So let's get into my final prediction on sort of who my best guess is going to say who the Falcons will wind up signing. You know, again, I think you'll probably see a big name free safety. You'll probably see a cheaper, strong safety, and they'll probably draft somebody at some point between rounds two and four, uh, this upcoming draft. So if I was to guess sort of who fits that billing, Marcus Williams is the free safety. Tayshawn Gibson is the strong safety. And I have no idea who the draft pick will wind up being just because I haven't done really much of any work on, on this year's safety class quite yet. I, I will get there eventually, but it's not necessary. I want, I kind of want to see what they do in free agency before I take too deep a dive on the safety class to sort of see what they could be potentially looking for. I kind of expect the Falcons to resign Sherrod Neesman, bring him back to compete alongside Jalen Hawkins and TJ green um, and, and potentially add some prominent 
undrafted free agents to compete for that fourth safety spot on the depth chart behind. But I, I do expect the Falcons to add three safeties this this year, uh, this offseason, to sort of be at the top of the depth chart. Uh, and two of them I, I, I do kind of expect to come in free agency at, at both starting positions. So um, that's my prediction. You know, I, I, my guess is, you know, Gibson is in this scenario. Gibson is just keeping the spot warm for whenever that that draft pick is ready to start, uh, which may be year one if if he's if we get the right guy, or probably more likely to be year two, um, uh, just to sort of give him opportunities, sort of you know, get his feet wet before being thrust into the starting lineup. So we'll see how that plays out. We'll see how accurate that prediction winds up being, but I'm, I'm reasonably confident that at least one of the 13 guys that I talked about on today's episode, the Falcons will sign, but we'll see. Uh, maybe they'll throw a big curveball and, you know, sign Keanu Neal and, and then go out there and get someone who I haven't even talked about. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes guys. Appreciate you guys for tuning in for a, another week of locked on Falcons. We'll be back next week uh, with a Monday mailbag as well as a mock draft Monday. And you guys can send in your questions. If you, if you have questions, comments, feedback or whatever, maybe you want me to share my thoughts on, you know, all these Russell Wilson rumors um, that are, are propping up that, you know, maybe he'll wind up in the NFC South. Uh, you know, we already got one quarterback rumored to be headed to the NFC South, Deshaun Watson. We got another one possibly on the, on the Saints radar and Russell Wilson. So that's going to be crazy. We, we'll probably talk a little bit about that on Monday, whether you ask a question or not. Uh, but uh, send in your questions, send in your feedback, whatever you want. Uh, I'm happy to hear from you um, over the weekend so that we can answer those questions on Monday. And you can do so by hitting me up on Twitter at Lockdown Falcons, on Facebook at Lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to LockdownFalcons at mail.com. Appreciate it, guys. Until then. And James, ahead of, ahead of, ahead of, <laughs> it's hard, hard to say, uh, his last name.